Game two of the NBA Finals has commenced, and the Golden State Warriors have taken a 2-0 lead. A little less controversy in this one as they win by a score of 122-103. to Welcome to an emergency podcast of Stuck in the Middle. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This is Stuck in the Middle, NBA Finals Game 2 post-game edition. I am Elijah Campbell, and today we have the usual suspects, Marthony Sanders, Victor Benz, Xavier Dupree via cell phone. It's a great, it was a, another interesting game. Got, got out of hand a little later. A lot less controversy in this one. And Golden State's going to Cleveland up to nothing. Uh, fellas, just but just from watching the game, having a second to look at the box score, what's the initial reaction? Um, my initial reaction, this you know how in game one, when my in first the first game that I took away uh, that Cleveland really played the perfect game. Of course, they still lost. Golden State, this was all around speaking their perfect game. Like we was talking about before the show, uh, they was getting it going from inside and outside. Uh, as like we was talking about, their first six buckets was inside uh, inside the paint. So when you get a Golden State team going inside and outside, they're they're already unstoppable as is. But if they can really get that inside going, like in the paint, like they had tonight, watch out. Uh, and I think overall, it's just a test to what what Golden State has done all year. Pretty much, if the if their top three guys is going, there's no way you're gonna you know you're gonna beat them. All three guys get at least twenty points, and the three guys I mentioned in this is, of course, Steph, Clay, and uh, Kevin Durant. Those three, those three guys get going. Uh, it's hard to, of course, even come close to beating this team. Um, the lineup change that that Steve Kerr made, putting in Javale McGee in the starting lineup, that made a difference, as we saw within the first minute of the game. Like the way that uh, Cleveland was doing pretty bad on switching on pick and rolls, like within the first minute. And, and talk about Sean Livingston as well. His his uh, help off the bench is pretty much something that I I, I looked at. Um, on Cleveland side, I mean the the help was there. You got four guys in double figures. It's just uh, still struggling to shoot the three ball. Nine for twenty seven. Um, pretty much just uh, very lackadaisical on defense. Like especially in that first quarter, um, but. This is, you know, pretty much the best team, quote unquote, arguably the best team assembled. It's in Oakland, the two games in Oakland. No one's really not too much surprised that it's a two oh lead. It's just sometimes the way that the game goes. Compared to what we got in game one, here the game two is a just a, a bigger fall off and just a you know, the climax pretty much of the first two games in Oakland. Xavier, uh, I have a specific question for you on this one. We all saw how game one ended. And George Hill, for lack of a better term, choking at the free throw line, a guy who's a 90% free throw shooter in the playoffs, missing uh, the, the back end of two. And J.R. Smith going brain dead for 4.7 seconds. Losing in that, that fashion, do you think that carried over immediately? And do you think that kind of had anything to do with how the war, or the Cavaliers pardon, started tonight? Um, it might have, but I mean, George Hill, you know, you're talking about him, especially, you know, everybody's talking about J.R., you know, the, you know, him going, you know, brain dead uh, after that rebound on the missed free throw. But um, 
George Hill came out, yeah, he's the one that missed free throw. And he came out, he played, he had a pretty good game that um fifteen points. He shot five for twelve, he had three uh three for six from three point range, so he, you know, made his threes. Um I wanna say it came out where, you know, it was you know, still thinking about it because the game was tight all the way through maybe up until like four minutes until uh, you know, fourth quarter, maybe a little bit before that, that's when the Warriors really started pulling away. But, I mean, for the most part, it, it was about an eight-point game for the most part. The Cleveland just couldn't find a way to um, sustain a sustain a run. Every time like Cleveland tried to, you know, was trying to make a run, going to say had an answer, you know, KD would come out and hit a shot, Steph would come out and hit a shot, something like that. So, but I don't think that really had too much effect on them. I really wasn't too worried about um, Cleveland coming out and playing timid or, um, you know, letting that, you know, letting what happened in game one, let that play with a hangover, you know. I wasn't, wasn't really too uh, worried about that. They came out playing pretty good. And George Hill played pretty good. J.R. Smith, he didn't, he didn't play a good game, but that's not – you know, we talked about JR as of recently. He really hasn't played all that well this season. He shot two for nine and one for three. He only had five points. So, but, I mean, they, they didn't play too too bad of a game, though. Just, just as Sanders said, speaks to the question of how good Golden State is. Yeah, I feel like it started off that way. I feel like in the first couple of minutes, the Cavs did kind of look a little shell-shocked. Uh, and maybe I won't say unprepared, but they just they didn't ro- they didn't rotate off screens. Yeah. Javale McGee had those first two buckets of the game where he was just untouched. Probably the the easiest two buckets he ever has gotten in the in the beginning of the game in his career. Exactly, and that he's ever going to have in this series. <laughs> and the Cavs were just so bad defensively, and I don't think it was a lack of effort. I feel like part of it was a, a little bit of a hangover. And one thing that because we all alluded to, you know, this game was actually a game it was competitive until Steph Curry went bananas in the fourth quarter and couldn't miss and was just hitting some circus shots and 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 doing what Steph Curry does every time Golden State would go on a run because they went a couple runs in the first half where they would stretch the lead from like four to 11 and but as soon as they would hit like 11 or 12 points in a lead LeBron James would make a couple plays. Kevin Love would hit a couple threes. Kevin Love actually had a pretty solid game. Very solid. I, I was yeah. very impressed by Kevin Love's numbers tonight. Uh, what was it? Three for eight for three. It seemed. Yeah, three for eight for three. Yeah. Uh, a couple of those three were at the very beginning of the second half too. Like he came out of the, he came out of the locker room because he didn't have a great first like first half. Uh, in all, he didn't have a great first half. But when they started making that run a little bit, because the Cavaliers outscored the Warriors in the third quarter, thirty four thirty one. Mm. Which is funny because we talk about the third quarter Warriors just being unstoppable, and the Cavs come out and outscore them in it. Uh, and a lot of that was because Kevin Love actually showed up a little bit, was hitting shots, and when he starts hitting threes, this team's a whole different different team. Like LeBron has weapons, and they're much more dangerous. It's one of the I think the hangover affected them at the beginning because when you lose a game the way they did. It is really hard to bounce back. Only the the elite, the most elite teams, not just elite players. Elite players do. If LeBron made that mistake, he forgets about it. You know, this is J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith's not LeBron, right? And he he's J.R. Smith. Um, but I and he had an all right, he, not the best game, but I feel like 
when they settled in, they were just fine. And that's why I'm not going to count the Cavaliers out just yet because they did hang around, and it did take Steph breaking a record to, to kind of pull away a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that being said, what, what, what's your, your attitudes, I guess, on, on the series going to Cleveland? Do you think that if you're a Cleveland fan, you should still feel a little optimism going into that, even though you got beat by almost 20 tonight? Oh, oh, definitely. If you're if you're a Cavaliers fan, you still have to, you know, definitely still have some optimism, some hope, just because of. I mean, I, I'm not. I want to don't want to compare uh, Golden State to Boston, but just last week, you know, you were you were down two zero, down to the Celtics as well, and it didn't look, and you looked terrible in those two games. You know, those two games that you had before you went to Cleveland, but everybody knows like your your role players. You know, they don't. They don't have as much confidence, or they don't shoot the ball as well as they do on the road at home. So, and then the way that the schedule, uh, since what we talked about before we, you know, got started here, the way that the schedule was made up uh, with the finals, these, you know, these two days off in between for traveling and stuff like that, you know, that's pretty much a twenty-four to kind of let the previous game kind of marinate and sink in and get over, and then you have the next twenty-four to get ready to prepare uh, for the next game. And uh, a lot of role players. You know, i.e. like George Hill, J.R. Smith, uh, Clarkson, Larry Larry Nance, uh, Kyle Corver. They didn't shoot the ball particularly well uh, mm-hmm. tonight, but you know, come Wednesday they may they may just do that just because you know they're at home, familiar territory. They just have a little bit more confidence uh, at home than they do on the road. And like I said, you don't want to compare uh, Golden State to Boston because you know Boston still wasn't a fully healthy team, kind of like how Golden State is, even though they're missing a couple of players, but. I mean, you were just down 2-0, so it's not like that you haven't done this before, you haven't been in this situation before. I know it's a different team, there's different series and different matchups that you have to worry about, but I wouldn't be necessarily um, too down just yet. Now, you know, Wednesday night happens and take another loss, and now it's 3-0, then pretty much, you know, you start to try to find that white towel. But for now, I mean, you're down 2-0. No one expected you to win in Oakland anyway. Everyone pretty much got you getting swept. From the, from the jump anyway or winning only one game. So you're not losing anything right now. So I wouldn't stress too much if I was a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. As a Cavaliers fan, of course you're going to be upset down 0-2. But honestly, as a, if you really sit down and digest what really happened these first two games, think about it. Down the stretch in the first game, you take out one blunder, what do you have? Second game, if you take out the second if you take out the fourth quarter, what do you have? You still have very two winnable games for the Cavaliers on the road at that. So if you go in with this same mindset and you had the same play, because both games by the Cavaliers were some decent games. Neither one of these games, I just sat down and was like, wow, Cavaliers really stunk tonight. If they can go in with this same mindset, same attitude, maybe a little better attitude in the game too, but if they can have this same tempo in their own arena, it's very possible they can get game three and possibly even get game four to go back uh, to even the series or going back to California. And that's going to be part of that's going to be just defending better. Uh, and in the first half tonight, I feel like there was just way too many open looks. I think at one point, the first 20 shots that the Warriors took inside the paint were, uh, I think they hit 17 of them. Uh, I think I saw it on Twitter. That's And that's something, you know, you need a rim protector. Where's yeah, Tristan Thompson? Half, of those, right. were, half yeah. of those were like dunks. I mean, just, and they're all dunks. Yeah, a lot, dunks. a lot of those were uncontested dunks and layups. Xavier, when we when we go to to Cleveland for for Game Three, what Cavalier really just needs to get it together, just pull his head out of his rear, and start contributing? Because you know Kevin Love made a little bit of a contri- uh, contribution tonight. 
George Hill on the offensive end had 15 points. However, he was stuck guarding Kevin Durant all night for some reason, and he just got yeah, shot over. I don't know why, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Um, there are two names that I have. One is J.R. Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he, he's he's better than what he's been playing this this year. These playoffs, like he's better. I don't know what's going on with Jr. And then you know you had the whole game one blunder with you know with the uh, rebound and, and running out the clock and stuff. And tonight, like I said, he shot two for nine and one for four from three point range. He can shoot better than that. Jr. has to play better. And then I gotta keep bringing up the bench. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, I'm gonna say this: if he wants to keep playing, he's gonna have to play. He's gonna have to play better the way he's been playing every time he's in the game. It, it's like he's playing, like playing too fast. And he's trying to do too much. And they part of the reason why the Cavs, you know, got him because he can he can create his own shot, and he can he can put the ball in the, in the basket, but he's 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 doing too much. He he's He's shooting when he's shooting his bad shots. He's shooting wild. He's playing wild, making wild passes. So those two guys, for me in particular, Jordan Clarkson and um, J.R. Smith have to play better uh, to help take some of that scoring burden off of LeBron. LeBron still might have, you know, he's still going to be, you know, who he is. And he's still going to be great. But J.R. and Jordan Clarkson are going to get a lot of these wide open shots off of the penetration from LeBron, and he needs – Absolutely. I'm glad you brought up Jordan Clarkson because I saw a funny stat tonight on uh, so uh, someone tweeted that Jordan Clarkson hasn't recorded an assist since the Toronto series, and I think it was the clinching game. And since then, he's hoisted up over 50 plus shots and is shooting 28. percent And that's terrible. That's disgusting. That's no. not why they traded for him. Uh, no, <laughs> simply put, not, that's not why they. He's not playing well at all. I don't, I don't get it. And that's why I was like, you know, Rodney Hood was already in the doghouse. Like, in the minute, you know, they, you got to play him because you need guys to rotate. But like, in the minute, if you're Tyron Lewis, like, okay, I can't keep playing you if you're going to keep taking these wild shots. You're not playing well. You're not doing anything to help us. So I might as well, you know, just not play you and play, you know, LeBron. You know, LeBron, if he didn't, he already played the whole game until – I said, like, four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Mm, yeah, if, I just, if I just got a ride, you know, the best player in the, uh, in the game, all 48 minutes for the rest of the series, I will, because no one else is doing anything to help out. Yeah, I'm, I know, I'm kind of, I'm glad you mentioned Rodney Hood, because I think, uh, that's, yeah, I think that's something that they need to, Ty Lue and them definitely needs to look into. Um, I understand whatever the situation that him and Rodney Hood had, uh, weeks ago about not wanting to play in a blowout game or anything like that, but I mean, at, at some point, you, you got to put this man out on the floor, like, uh, I mean, especially if, if JR is going to continue to struggle the way he's struggling, there's got to be some type of lineup change or some type of shakeup that, that Ty Lue and the coaching staff now up in Cleveland has to sit up here and discuss within these next 48 hours into game three because, um, Five points. I'm, I'm sorry. Five points from your starting shooting guard is not going to cut it. It's not going to mm-hmm. cut it. So we we got to get something. I don't know if it's more more so of a let's get more of a more Rodney Hood in and 
start 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 maybe Kyle Corver. I know he could be somewhat of a liability on defense, but I mean he's gonna at least compete for you. I mean, you know, that's yeah, yeah. he's gonna compete for you, give you some type of effort. He's done it's it all playoffs. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean he that's that's what that's what he's known for, at least give you some type of effort and, and competitiveness that that right now that sometimes it seems like JR is is lacking. So I don't know, it's something that they got they have to shake up this lineup somehow, some way and, and get some type of uh, juices going for the team. If not, this could this series is probably going to end the way people think it wants it to end, and that's going to be quick, fast, and in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And going back to the Rodney Hood situation, because I think I think it's it's pretty you know well chronicled what happened of him not wanting to come in in garbage time. This is ridiculous. And but what's it going to hurt? Uh, you're not getting anything out of J.R. Smith You're right down now. Down two O's. I'm sure Rodney Hood is <laughs> in the finals at that. Down two O's. I'm sure Rodney Hood understands what the score is when he's on the basketball floor. Yeah, I, would I hate to pile on Jr. like that, but I'm going to. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is it, it's it is. it's now it's funny. It's a meme, and I feel like it's all fair game. But Rodney Hood under should understand what his role is. It's like get some a little bit more out of your investment too when. The trade deadline came and passed in the NBA. A lot of people were like, oh, the Cavs upgraded. They got younger. They got more athletic. You got rid of the, the corpse of Dwayne Wade that was rotting away on your bench. You got rid of Isaiah Thomas and his bad hip and the ISO ball that came with it. You, you got rid of Jay Crowder, who may or may not have gotten along with LeBron, but he wasn't contributing much, and the right. team wasn't that good. We think it's bad now. People talk about how bad this team is now and that LeBron's carrying them. It was worse. Yeah, from October of, to yeah, February. Middle of the season, it was almost getting scary, like almost missing the playoffs. So It was bad. Yeah, it, it was terrible. And one of the reasons why they got better is because they were able to get Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance and Rodney Hood and get a little younger. It's, it's one of those things where even you have to put your pride aside a little bit, maybe if you're Ty Lue, Exactly. And play some of these guys just to get a little return out of your investment. Because... I mean, I don't know about you. Jay Crowder can at least defend on the perimeter, and he'd be a little bit of help in this. So yeah, right. do you want to give him away for absolutely nothing? It's one of those things where, to me, it's just silly to trade for these guys at the, the trade deadline and only play Rodney Hood four minutes, Jordan Clarkson eight minutes, Larry Nance 12 minutes. Those are the guys. And you got George Hill from the trade deadline, too, and he played 34. But no one – Kyle Korver and Jeff Green are the only guys – Outside there, Nancy played double di- like double digit minutes on the Cavs bench, and Nance barely did at twelve. You know, this is it's just you, you gotta you gotta use these you gotta use these guys to give you some type of push, some type of um, just edge and fortitude that you need in this series. That's just gonna do something. I mean, at, at this point, I'm starting to think, man, I, I, I this might be funny to some people and think it's a stretch, but I'm I'm could be serious with this. At some point, you might even think about, do I do I activate Kendrick Perkins? To, <laughs> I'm, no, like, seriously. He's getting his money's worth no, like, on the bench. Like, putting his two cents in. Like, but seriously, though, like, I'm saying, do you sit up here and even think, just to get you, get you some toughness, some type of, I, just come in and give me three minutes and give me four fouls. I don't care. Like, I'm not asking you to Say, hey, buddy, like, you got six fouls. You. I expect you to like, stand near every bit of like, like, something. I'm, it's, it's to the point where they got to – something's got to get sh- shaken up. And I know I, – I heard you on the phone say you kind of like, nah, I don't know about that. But I, I don't think, I don't think Xavier's know. on board for that one. <laughs> if anything – No, you got to say. You got to say. My, 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 my
I was about to say is this. I, I hear where you're coming from. <laughs> uh, I hear you coming from Sanders as far as shaking up, uh, shaking up what you're going to do, whether you know, you're going to shake up the lineup, anything, which I agree with. You've got to do something to shake up the lineup or throw a wrinkle because now Steve Curry and the Warriors have, they, they're shaking up their lineup and they found something that works in JaVale McGee. And real quick, I think the reason why JaVale McGee Gave the, gave the Cavs a lot of so much trouble to, uh, tonight was the fact that he's more active and more athletic than Looney is. And so mm-hmm. as he's, he's setting high uh, screens in the pick and roll. He's setting them, and he, as soon as he's set, he's gone. He's taken off to the basket. And Looney wasn't doing that. Looney is more stationary. Looney is not as athletic. And I think Looney is more in it for defensive purposes. Whereas Javale McGee can go out, he's not going to go and score you 30 points in the post and in the paint, but he, he's capable of doing what he did tonight, night in and night out, how easily it was coming uh, for him. Well, you know, like we were talking about earlier, he was getting bottled open dunks and stuff, just coming off of uh, screens and pick and roll. So I think that's why they uh, McGee gave the Cavs so much trouble. They weren't ready for that wrinkle. And now that they have one, the Warriors have a wrinkle, the Cavs need to come up with something because if they don't, like Sam said, it could get bad real quick. And a lot of us, a lot of the conversation, whether it be here in this room and throughout like the national media, is going to be what's wrong with the Cavs. And this is a conversation we've had ever since the playoffs because LeBron's LeBron. He's the greatest player to ever touch a basketball on the planet. And we, should, we all acknowledge it. We all get it. it it's, a, it's, it's no fact. LeBron does his thing, and he's going to get his. But he's going to need help, and so that's what we—that's like the main narrative of the playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference—is where he's going to get it. And when you play a team like the Warriors, it's all going to be about oh, who's going to step up and do it. But on the Warriors side, looking at from their angle, obviously Steph Curry went bananas, broke an NBA Finals record with three pointers made, and I'm going to kind of add on to what Xavier said. And one of the the key factors was the lineup change. The Warriors have been better in, the, in these two games alone at changing their lineups and adapting to what the other team is throwing at them. Mm-hmm. No one could protect the rim from jo- JaVale McGee, and I can't believe I'm saying that in an NBA Finals in 2018, <laughs> that no one could stop JaVale McGee around a bucket. He went 6-for-6. Six six. And that shows how the new the NBA, this new NBA, it really is like how JaVale McGee is able to go in there and dominate because, you know, the size and, the you know, the build of Tristan Thompson is just allowing him to be able to do this. Right. Like, who... On the Cavaliers team, besides LeBron, is able to just stop the Jordan and being the said. Yeah, uh, it's just being a big athletic body, and Kevon Looney just doesn't have that that body that Javale McGee does. Yeah, simply, same, and he just fit. He just fits a role better, you know. And he he's a role player that fits his role better than Kevon Looney fit his. And you, you saw the dividends of it tonight. Uh, Javale McGee gave you eighteen good minutes. He only grabbed two rebounds, so he scored 12 points and didn't miss anything around the bucket. He set screens, he got to the rim, and he finished when he needed to. I mean, and whenever David West is hitting threes from the corner, you're like, I don't think David West <laughs> has hit a three since he was teammates with Chris Paul. I, or the Cold War, or anything like that. I like, I can't tell you the last time I saw a David West three, or a block shot. I, I, I saw that and I walked away for about five minutes. I was just like, yeah, Dave Wade just hit a corner three. It's, it's really time to go. I just, I don't understand what's going on right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just made a corner three. 
And mm. I I think Steph wants that finals MVP. Tonight he did. Tonight he did. Because, I mean, you know, he's been hearing, you know, of course, he's been hearing the murmurs of how, like, even though last year and then the, the year before that, even when they won it the first time in 15, how he really didn't have such a great final series. So, you know, people just been kind of waiting on this. Like, well, this is two-time MVP for one, you know, one time being a, a unanimous MVP. So, you know, what's going on? I think, you know, he he – He's tired of hearing the murmurs and the and the talks about him not being, you know, the the guy when it comes to this time of the, of the playoffs. So, right now it's looking like he's trying to he wants that Finals MVP. I think that's something he's looking for. I know he doesn't want to talk about uh, individual awards like that, but you you can't tell me that he's not. That's not what he's thinking right now. It's like, definitely on the wish list. It has to be because out of everything, you know, that's what the final comes down to. You know, of course, a hunger factor. For Steph, of anything, of course he's still hungry to get a ring, but that's something he's never had. So mm-hmm. he's close to tasting it. So now that's what's also you got to look out for too. Because if these next two games, if he gets to tasting it for real and tries to cook, I think a lot of people are in a lot of trouble wearing uh, Cleveland Cavalier jerseys. And oh yes, because uh, I forgot who it was today, but he almost caught something. He almost caught oh, a body. Thank you, Zach. Zach knows me so well. He knew exactly where that was going. Zach knows exactly what I was talking about. Hey, he was he out about that dance, and I'm not going to lie. He almost hit the Nene out there. Oh, please. We have a Nene reference on the show. Is it the 2014? Steph, Steph. We talked about it before the show. Like, the shot that he hit coming down with the shot clock winding down. The, the long range three is just a rainbow of a shot like stuff like that you know he he is one of the best players I've seen that's just getting open come you know off ball on ball just getting open and finding his shot it's nobody I've seen like that to where he can bring the ball to court hand it off real quick and run and just find a way to get open and he just nails threes like they're layups and we say it all the time when you see it in real time, just see the stuff that he's doing, it's like, how how is that even possible? Right. It's just his shot is so quick and it's so effortless what he does. And so he had he had nine threes tonight. Like he had nine. Breaking records. Like Breaking that's, records. that's that's insane. The Cavs hit nine as a team. He hit nine <laughs> Puts it a little perspective a little bit. That does put it. Yeah. Like it's crazy. So he yeah, like Sam said, he's 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 making a viable case for Finals MVP. He he's a front runner right now. You know, of course, LeBron is always gonna have something to say about that. But he, he, they it's never been done where the team that you know the team that loses has a you know uh, has a Finals MVP. So we'll see what happens. But Steph Curry is doing his thing right now. He's taking advantage. Every day switching on the screens and he's taking advantage of every one-on-one opportunity. He's going to the basket. And he's not just scoring too. He had eight assists and seven rebounds. Steph Curry is like a six four guard who's grabbing seven rebounds. He had more rebounds than JaVale McGee did. Granted, he played a lot more minutes, but this is for the first time in a, in a good little bit. I, I think it's probably the first time since Kevin Durant's been on the team mm-hmm. that Steph Curry looks like MVP Steph Curry again. Right, yeah. And when you have oh, MVP yeah. Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant shooting ten for fourteen, it is this team is this team is almost impossible to beat. And this is not going to happen every game, and we we shouldn't get used to this happening every game. 
because it obviously hasn't. But it, it's something to just marvel at. And even though the game wasn't competitive late, this was just so much fun to watch. It was watch someone at the, the height of their game, probably the greatest shooter to ever play basketball, just go out there and just throw horse shots up and see a couple of them go in. It, it's incredible. Uh, and another thing, we mentioned the MVP thing. Steph is yet to win a finals MVP. Can we? Is there another time in NBA history where a team has won, like an, a franchise or organization has won three titles and had three separate NBA Finals MVPs? Well, I didn't that think about that at all. Three know, different. Probably not. probably not. Or I'm any sport. Sure, I'm pretty sure Bird probably won Finals MVP every time. And I know McHale won one. I think McHale Kevin McHale won, won one. But Magic and Kareem probably at the very Like you might have two, yeah. But three, winning three, and having three different Finals MVPs is a testament to how been, you I don't think that's ever been done. Yeah, and any sport. I, I'm trying to think of like other dynasties in like maybe the NFL. I don't know about the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe if like Super Bowl MVPs, but and it, and it, yeah, that's what I was saying. Maybe Emmitt and Troy, or maybe a Michael Irvin sighting somewhere in there. Oh, well, Larry Brown was the MVP in the '97 yeah, Super, or '95, yeah, '95 yeah. Super Bowl. It just truly goes to show how scary this team really is to a point where it's like you have three different people to where you can go to and put up MVP like numbers. Maybe not Andre Iguodala yeah, now, but you still. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. He wasn't even scoring. Right. Exactly. And he. So, he didn't even play tonight. He hasn't played in the series. Yeah. <laughs> you have another NBA Finals MVP on this team, and he's been on the bench in street clothes. Kicking. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to see if he does able to come back. That's something that um, we haven't even thought about. Uh, does anybody know the status of his uh, injury as of right now after game two? Uh, I don't know. That's I don't know so yeah. Just like a deep bruise. Like a, yeah. a real, real bad bruise. However, so be kind of tricky. considering we're playing like, it's like one game every three years, yeah. it feels like. Mm-hmm. he should, Surely he, he can heal by the time our, right. our next game is being played in 2025. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, the way I mean, the Warriors are playing right now, I mean, they're playing like they don't really don't need them. So Maybe they, that really they don't. Well <laughs> and that's the scary thing that, that I haven't even considered because it's like, if you get him back, that's a whole nother area that you have to consider now. Oh, yeah, the, the, the death lineup. Yeah, because they call the Hampton Five. The Hampton uh-huh. Five. They need a new nickname for that. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Like, but, uh, if I'm, if I'm thinking of, like, a lineup of death, the last thing I want to do is think of the widest uh, nickname the possible. Yeah. Oh, we're going with the Hamptons Five around here. We have the Hamptons <laughs> Five. Andre Godala. I got a question for y'all. Yeah. Okay. So, Series continues to go the way that it's been going. Do y'all see LeBron go ahead and leave in Cleveland? Yes. And if so, where? Because I think, I think, I think if he leaves, he should go to Houston. I don't know if he's going to leave though. I would love to see that. He decides to leave, he needs to go to Houston. Do y'all think he's going to leave? And if he leaves, what do y'all see him going? I see him leaving, and I I honestly would like him. I know I don't know how possible this would be, you know, go to the Pelicans, that how dominant of a team that would be, think about Rondo. And if they have the cap space. Right. I they, think New Orleans should have the cap space. You might have to to cut some loose ends with like Drew Holiday yeah. or Nikola Miritich, which if you're getting LeBron James, cut the whole team. But yeah. <laughs> and but, play with three guys. Because think about it, if you can keep a pretty good core like LeBron, 
Rondo, AD possibly, and if you're able to keep Boogie as well, think about how you keep Boogie if you have LeBron. I can almost promise. I, 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 there's, it'd be dumb not to if, if you're Boogie. I mean, everyone wants their money. Boogie's made a lot of money, and and I know the Lakers are going to have the cat space to throw the kitchen sink at him. Anybody, and anybody's going to want to if they have, if they have the space, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at someone like Demarcus Cousins who's looking for something like that. Yeah, and I but, think um I think the thing is with that is. I think this time with with LeBron being a free agent this year, I think wherever he goes, like this time he wants the max money. I think he wants his just due. Yeah, you, you got to think about it. Mm-hmm. He uh, when he left Cleveland the first time to go to Miami, he already took less money. Yeah, from that from that jump anyway. So he never he never had the max contract then. He's got um, now though, I believe. He, he has it now. I think so. Did let me let me do a quick password for search. Because I think I'm he signed. I think he just resigned. I think he just resigned for another one year deal. Uh, this past time, now, I don't know what what he signed um, when he got when he came back to Cleveland back in uh, fourteen fifteen, but uh, all of that. But I I think he's he's gonna be due to want to go ahead and get get his max money. But I I honestly thought win or lose that he was gonna leave anyway, just because of his relationship with Dan Gilbert. It's not the strongest. A little rocky. Yeah, yeah. it's not the strongest to uh, say the least. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if he leaving, if he leaves, I see, I see either Houston or Philly. Um, I would prefer Houston. I would like, to, I would like that because you know you find a way to resign. See, you find a way to resign Chris Paul if you're Houston. You get him, LeBron, Harden. See what you can see what you can do with Capella, and then mix in some more maybe uh some more uh some more shooters and perimeter defenders which they kinda already have that already there with, with Ariza and PJ Tucker, but I mean it depends on what else you might be looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll say either Houston or Philly. Either he either he finds a way to stay in Cleveland or he goes to Houston or Philly. That's an interesting thought. Okay, because I, I hear a lot of people saying Philly man, I'll be real with you. I can't see Philly. I I can't I don't, I don't see him going to Philly. I don't that just doesn't seem like a, a good thing for LeBron to me. I don't think that. I don't, I don't think that happens. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, dealing, it's dealing with the, you know, that's kind of meshing in with the younger players and seeing what they already kind of have. But, I mean. It could be one of those things that, like, it's better yeah, in you theory than in James or Robert Covington. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, want, I, mean, I want Robert Covington. Oh, dude. Big ones, Please and thank you. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's. It's a thing. I mean, of course, you always hear the L.A. murmurs just because of the two houses that he has down there. And I mean, yo, quite a lot of him and Paul George together. Oh, but that's another or boogie. Yeah, that's the old boogie. They have yeah. all the cat space yeah. in the world. Yeah, Lakers have all the cat space in the world. So, but well, L.A. would be fun to watch just in general. Just the city, everything considering, just him and L.A. would be fun to watch. It's basketball royalty. The yeah, Lakers just, are basketball royalty. <laughs> And then you know just the type of company, I mean company, well yeah, the type of business the Lakers run. They're gonna try their very best to give LeBron the title. Magic might take the suit off if he has to. Yes. Has to yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, it's yeah, almost that time. What, what, what you think of the last? Ugh. See, I've thought about it a little bit, and I I think when you we talk about Philly, I feel like it's better in theory than it is in practice. Just because of how you're going to run and use Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is plays a lot like LeBron James, except he can't, you know, hit the broadside of a barn outside of <laughs> 16 feet. Uh, and be, I feel like it'd be really hard to play LeBron and Ben Simmons on the floor at the same time. 
and with the type of investment Ben Simmons is and the type of player Ben Simmons is, that might not go over well, I guess, with him having to, to be off the floor with LeBron. I feel like you'd have to put him around, put LeBron around shooters and guys who can – a couple of guys who can create their own shots. I feel like having guys like Trevor Ariza and P.J. Tucker are perfect to have with LeBron because they're just going to camp amazing. out. They're just going to sit outside the three-point line, camp out, mm-hmm. and not do a damn thing inside the three-point line and let LeBron, James Harden, Chris Paul penetrate, facilitate, and score around the bucket if need be. And, and like that could be that could ease LeBron's workload so much, probably the most by going to Houston. So that's if I was LeBron, which I'm not, but really? if I was, surprise, <laughs> uh, contrary to popular belief, I'm not. Right. But if I was, I would probably hit up Houston. You might have to cut maybe a, might have to sacrifice a PJ Tucker, but you can find a PJ Tucker in today's NBA literally anywhere. So I think I would slide myself in, in, into Houston and play with Chris Paul because he, him, and Chris Paul are buddies. Yeah, they, they played are. in the Olympics yeah. before. Chemistry, yeah. automatic chemistry. They and plenty of times they've always said, "Hey, yeah, I want to, you know, let's all play with each other. At least play with." Ooh. Exactly. He's already done it with D Wade. I mean, Chris Bosh, imagine yeah. that like that. So, so they're trying to get him to want to play with Melo too. Exactly. Hey, oh, hey. If Melo wants to take a pay cut, because. I feel like I don't want to speak on Melo. Right if now. you can Boy. convince Melo, if you can hypnotize Carmelo Anthony into taking a pay cut, I then think. that could work in Play the theory. Play the D-Wade role. The D-Wade role. I think this would be his, his, his best chance to get to the finals if LeBron decides to go to Houston. Because the OKC spirit, as much as I wanted it to work out, I don't think it didn't work out like we would hope. We would have hoped it would have worked out in I can see them re-signing Paul George, but I think they're going to try to cut ties with Carmelo, unfortunately. Yeah, they probably should. That's. Uh, I feel like that's... If you're OKC, you definitely should. Uh, the guy can't guard the chairs we're sitting in. <laughs> and outside of... I mean, like, like, what does Carmelo Anthony bring you right now? Uh, besides the name. Four Olympic besides, gold medals. Besides the name. Yeah, he brings some <laughs> Olympic gold medals and, like, besides two scoring titles. I might be off on that by one or two, but he he's had, he got a couple of scoring titles like four or five years ago. It's like Carmelo Anthony's washed, but I don't think Carmelo Anthony knows that Carmelo Anthony's washed. So that that might worst, be and that's so, the worst athlete to watch at the end of their career. Exactly, especially if it's like, <laughs> dude, take a pay cut, play with because like he could be helpful if he's playing with someone like Chris Paul and LeBron James and guys who just make other teammates better. And that way, when he retires, he can at least say, yeah. I might have not played the biggest role, but I at least helped get a top Yo, I mean, it's pretty much just like him being on the Olympic team. Like, he never started on any of those games. Yeah. He, came off he was the leading scorer on one of the gold yeah. medal teams, yeah. I mean, he was the yeah, leading scorer, but he's coming off the bench. Goal. I mean, just, wow. it, it, would, it would pretty much kind of be the same thing if you were to just join up with these people, but... That's that, honestly that's another subject for another day with Carmelo. I'm not even sure. Could you imagine that. a Western Conference Finals where it's Jesus LeBron, Christ. Chris Paul, James Harden, Carmelo Anthony versus KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond? They would have to put the red carpet in the middle of the court. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too, it's too like, many. We had that's when you just that's when Adam Silver goes. You know what? Sorry, Eastern Conference, we're merging. And we're yeah. just going to have the best 16 teams best in the 16. NBA. That's when you see that happen. Or you, or you just count to the first two rounds in the Western Conference and just go straight to the Conference Finals and just let them just duke it out. For and like let them duke it 16 out. 16 games yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> How treasonous would it be if LeBron just said, you know what? Screw it. I'll go to Boston. 
and rejoin the Kyrie. Jesus, that's not happening. And there's not. There's. I think there's a better chance of all of us getting mauled by a polar bear and a regular bear in the same day than LeBron going to Boston. But that would be really funny. If he if he goes to Boston, he's really lost all of my respect. And he's gained a lot of it. There's something that he yeah. Kyrie would be pissed. Right. If he keeps his mouth and say, Yeah, I'm gonna go to Boston and you don't I wanna hear no more about goats better than this and I don't want to no more. I don't I don't. You already went and teamed up with D-Wade and um, D-Wade and Chris Bosch in Miami. He's trying to figure it out in, um, in Cleveland. That's not going well. One false you from going to Houston, but if you went to Boston after seeing what they're basically capable of, capable of without their two best players, you went and joined them, that'd be a problem. That'd be a problem. That'd be a problem. I know a lot of people would have a problem with that. I wouldn't because I'm one for entertainment. I want to make this as much just like brass entertainment as possible. But it's not going to happen at least. We don't, we don't have to worry about that prospect because I just don't think that that day is going to come. Um, another thing, you talk, you talk about where LeBron's going in this summer. It, that's going to be the one fun part of the NBA offseason is where in the hell is LeBron James going to play next year. Tonight there are a couple interesting... Uh, Interesting storylines of well, after the game, Tristan Thompson walked out of a press con- the press conference when he was asked if it's hopeless guarding this Golden State Warriors team, which it is. I don't feel like that's an unreasonable question because I have two eyes. I watched the basketball game tonight. I've watched the Warriors in the last two years. It is hopeless. But do you think it maybe just be like sour grapes or competitiveness from Tristan Thompson just to kind of be like deuces? On the press conference. So, I mean, to be honest, yeah, it's hopeless guarding them. I've always said that that this team is too stacked to guard. But you can't blame them for being mad because I've always said that I feel bad for the guys a little bit. I mean, when I say a little bit, I mean, they're still millionaires. But I feel bad to, to a point. It's like imagine getting beat in the grandest stage in your sport and having to answer questions like that are so obvious as in, isn't it so hopeless to guard a guy that just broke an NBA Finals record? You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Of course it's hard to guard these guys. They've been they're in the Finals four straight years for a reason. So I understand the frustration of Tristan Thompson to walk out. So you're not going to hear anything from me as far as criticism on them for that move. I mean, you either just answer the question or you don't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> honestly, as simple as that. Um, I mean, I do get it sometimes. Um us as media and the journalists uh, kind of ask, you know, some pretty not smart questions sometimes. Straight I mean, up dumb. You know, just, yeah. yeah, just honestly, just dumb. Like, I, so I can, I mean, I get it, it's frustrating. You just lost, you know, you, you were pretty much in there until, you know, about the early parts of the fourth quarter. So, I, I feel the frustration on it, but I mean, either you just, you know, I mean, dude, you can just honestly just give the same simple, like, I don't care. You can go Marshawn Lynch on these people, bro, and just, thanks for asking, and I'm fine with it. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. care. It's just answer the question or not. I mean, but the whole, like, 
uh, the hoe dropping the F-bomb, like, oh, this is this is F'd up and I'm just going to leave, like. Right. It's, 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 come on, man. I know, I don't, I don't, I don't. Did you tell Chloe that? Did you tell Chloe Did you tell Chloe? Ooh, I would love to hear someone ask that question in the press conference. Like, do you? So you kiss Chloe with that mouth? Right. That'd be a fun press conference question. I just, I'm kind of with Sanders either, man. Either, you know, you can answer the question or, you know, don't answer it. That's kind of like, you know, folks are kind of talking about, you know, when uh, when LeBron walked off uh, the other day, when they were asking about JR, things was kind of was more understandable because the guy, you know, a guy earlier had asked a question about, you know, do you know, you know, where JR, you know, where his mindset was or where his head was when, you know, when that happened. And he was like, no, you know, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know where his head was at or anything. And then, you know, a couple questions later, that comes back and asks the same question. It's like, he was like, he just asked that question. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what he was thinking. He kept, he kept asking. It's like, dude, like, I just told you. Like, I don't know. You have to ask him. He kept asking, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm done. He just got up. That, you know, the question about the men, you know, it's a hopeless men for, uh, you know, guarding them. Yes, this, this, you got two MVPs, you got, you know, the best shoot, uh, backcourt ever, you got the best player of the year, you got things that's coming out, it's dropping buckets, it's hard to guard those guys. It's, it's, it, that's a, a tall task for anybody to guard them. So, yes, it's hopeless. Just answer the question. That's what you signed up for. You you play in sport. You gotta deal with the media. Just as much answer the question as best you can. You don't have to go off. Just answer and move on. Or just say next question. Just leave it at that. But there's no reason for you to go on a tire. Yeah. No no reason to rage quit. Uh I feel like LeBron had a good reason to because the whoever that was that was asking him the question, I forget which journalist uh, it was. I can't think One of the ESPN right guys, but sure. he asked like three, he asked it three different ways. It was still the same yeah, question. Yeah. Just like, and yeah. I got tired of listening to it. Yeah. I just straight up got tired of listening to this guy asking the question. I don't blame him for walking out, but if it's like, if you're Tristan Thompson, it's like, dude, there's nothing wrong with admitting these guys are good. And, and rage quitting and saying this is, this is messed up. Like, I'll say if, if you think it's messed up, you know, grab a couple rebounds, you know. And, you know, part of it is probably, you know, him and Draymond had this whole little thing going on, too, now. So, that, that might play a little part in it, too. He's not, I want to say he's thinking about Draymond, but they had a whole, you know, they had a little spat at the end of game one. And then today, during the game, um, Draymond was driving and Tristan fouled on him. Draymond, uh, Talk a little smack, you know, to him or whatever. So that could also play a part in this, why he's all in his feelings. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, definitely said there, there's, there's not a lot of love between uh, Tristan Thompson and Draymond Green. As much as I like to see them fight, they're not going to. Um, <laughs> as much as much as how loved is, he just sees them throw a punch. <laughs> like, if you're Tristan Thompson, it's like you're not doing much in the series. Would it be worth it to try to coerce Draymond Green into socking you in the face yes. just to talk him into it? Maybe try to get him suspended. Yes, because I know stuff like that used to happen all the time back in the day. You know, take a guy who's not going to really do anything as far as stat sheet goes, send him in there, maybe give him a hard foul, maybe not full fledged go out there and fight him. But hey, him up a little bit. Yeah, 
Is this where the Cavs give Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins? Perkins. <laughs> actually oh, give Kendrick Perkins a jersey. I'm out for it. Because think about it. He's already been the enforcer this finals. He's gone against the biggest rapper. He's gone against one of the – now he got into it with a, uh, one of the biggest players in the game right now. Hey, might as well put a jersey on him. I'm just saying. I mean, he did He did it tonight too. Kendrick Perkins talked his snack a little bit tonight he's whenever Steph kind of ventured over closer to that bench. What, what's, the, what's the difference within him putting a jersey on now? Now he's the real enforcer of the team. Hey, stop talking. I'm just saying. Kendrick Perkins literally provides zero – like, there's nothing. I, I don't know what zero, like, what I'm talking zero about, but there is literally nothing Kendrick Perkins can contribute to an NBA basketball team in 2018 other than his mouth and scaring someone because he still looks like a 55-year-old man, and he looks pissed off Honestly, all the time. Cavs can get all the help. He's help. They can get a little fear, and that going to hurt uh, their chances of winning. So, it is, <laughs> just a thought. I'm just saying, just a thought. It's interesting. It's food for thought. But before we go off, Game 3 is in three years. And by three years, I mean, what, Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, Wednesday. <laughs> um, how many games will Cleveland take in the land? One. One? Going back to Oakland. So, same as last year. There's a split in Cleveland. And... One, but if they, if, they get, if they get Game 3, then it might be two. Okay, so you it would, it would take that positive momentum, I yeah. guess, to to swing four around. Well, I'm I'm just gonna stick to one. I, I, I think they definitely can get game three. Um, I think they definitely can get game three. I mean, they had it last year too, oh, Exactly. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm saying they're gonna get both of them. Oh, ayo! You said they're gonna get both of them. I should have went. That's hot. I should have went before. That's hot. I should have <laughs> I don't think he's too crazy though. Like part of me is good. You you're going back home, like with the tennis player, you go back home, you get the momentum of, you know, being at home, the role players will be, be playing better. Uh, you know, the gym, you know, the roots, the crowd is gonna be bananas right. on Wednesday night. And then I think they'll it's kinda like, you know, what you said, Sanders, you know, it's it's not Boston, but you ride that momentum into game four. And they haven't. That's the thing. The Cavs have not been playing bad. They have not really just been playing terrible basketball. There's things obviously that they can clean up, but they haven't just been playing terrible basketball. So they can clean up some of the areas that, um, as far you know, defensively, figuring out how to guard these pick and rolls and stuff like that. I think they can get two at home. I don't think it's too far fetched to say they can pick up two wins at home. Well. I think game three is going to be a nail-biter, but it's going to go to Cleveland. And then game four, another nail-biter. But if 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 they're on, I believe Cavaliers can take game four. I think they can take game three for sure, but game four is going to be a little a little bit more iffy. But I still have – I have the faith that they can get it done. But if KD or Steph get into the zone, like we know that they can – it's going to be hard to tell. But I think as far as game three goes, I think they're going to take game three people Cavaliers. Yeah, this is tough. Um, going back to what we talked about all night, that there are a lot of pros and cons to this Cavaliers team. Uh-huh. Uh, pros is you have LeBron James. Cons, <coughs> there's a bunch of other guys that aren't 
and there aren't yeah, at that honestly. at that level. I feel like when you're at home, like the Cavs just seem. I feel like they just move the ball better at home. When you watch their games, when they played in the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston, it was a tale of two teams. When they played in Boston, they didn't move the ball. They isoed all over the place, and they looked a lot worse as a team because they just didn't have any flow to their game. And Boston really took them out of it. And there's been some times in this series where I feel like Golden State's taken them out of it a little bit, especially in the fourth quarter tonight. Uh, I feel like Cleveland did kind of stretch for a couple of offensive possessions that were just really bad because there was it was just stagnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, any anybody's offense is is going to falter whenever they go stagnant. There's no ball movement, moving out the ball. I don't think Kyle Korver waits till the fourth quarter to get his first shot off when we play Game Three nah. on Wednesday. I don't think Clarkson has that vital of a role. He only played eight minutes tonight, but he played some like important minutes in the middle of the game. Yeah. I feel like Rodney Hood might get a little bit. Of, I actually, well, do I think he will? No. Should he? Yes. But I, I just I feel like when they're at home, they're going to get more looks from other guys. I, I feel like Jared Smith won't be terrible at home. He's been pretty decent at home in the playoffs this year, I feel like. I feel like George Hill has played a lot better at home in these playoffs. For some reason, Cleveland is uh, your stereotypical NBA basketball team that just plays much better at home, and they poop at the bed on the road. LeBron James will bring it anywhere. LeBron always brings it at home. I think Cleveland takes game three, and it's really close. I, I, a, I can't see Cleveland blowing out Golden State in no, any game. No, That's why I, I predict both games to be a nail biter. Yeah. In, in game four, it's just... It's it's hard to have momentum against a team that is so three point oriented like Golden State is and has the best shooters on the planet. But and it, it'd be the same thing as last year, going up three one, going back to to Oakland. But that's probably the most likely thing. So I think they split. More than likely than not, it's Cleveland that takes Game Three and Golden State takes Game Four. Uh, however. Cleveland does take game three. Game four can decide the series, because if we're going back to game five in Golden State with a series tied at two, LeBron's going to take over. Yeah. Because then there's some blood in the water there. He's won two in a row, and it's not like LeBron just can't pull games you know, out of his rear on the road, because we saw him do that in game seven in Boston. And I'm like, Martha, I don't want to compare Boston and Golden, and Golden State, because Golden State's got multiple MVPs. Boston has a bunch of 19, 20-year-olds. But and that might be the difference between the two. But I I don't want to say no. It's not like he hasn't won a game seven in Oakland before. Exactly, deja vu all over again if he ties this bad boy up. That's what I was about to allude to. No matter what happens in this series, I feel like every fan and every Golden State player that was on that team back in 2016 that lost, you know, letting Cavaliers come back three one. Their biggest thing is please, please, please don't let this happen again. And if they go back 2-2, that's going to be the closest thing that they've had since they um, since that year. Yeah, that's going to be the closest thing they've really gotten to being eliminated, besides the Rockies. But, you know, with Chris Paul injury, you know, yada, yada, yada. That's last Sealed year. Sealed their fate. Yeah. If they get nervous on uh, and drop the ball and go to state and mess around and go up there 3-2, there's a lot of what is, but I'm just saying. That's why this is still a series. People are going are gonna to criticize the series for being predictable and for being boring. But there's nothing, to me at least, for a basketball enthusiast or a sports enthusiast that sees anything boring about it. They served home court. Oh, 
Golden State was supposed to win the first two games. They were they were the home team. It, I mean, come on. My, right. my biggest thing, I've always told people, we can always talk about the hype of, oh, Golden State best team ever. Oh, you know, yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, if they if it was so easy to a point where yeah, we should give Golden State the title right now, they would. But it's not. It's still a series to be played. And with that being said, they have to play. Exactly. And so. for all of you listeners out there, all twelve of you, this is the place to listen to your commentary on the NBA Finals. Thank you for listening. This is stuck in the middle. You can follow us at NSEN underscore MTDN. We'll be doing more more podcasts about about the playoffs as long as as well as coverage of other sports, of course. But I felt it was nice to uh, to call an emergency one tonight, just because it's the NBA Finals. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. I'm Elijah Campbell calling in with Xavier Dupree. Xavier, thank you for calling in. Have nice having you on again. No problem, man. No problem. And uh, Vic and Marthony, short notice, we've pulled <laughs> it all together. We're here and, and we've done. It. Thank you guys. Hey, it's the summer. I don't have much to do anyway. Speaking of, uh, I just want to add, I apologize for sniffling the whole time. For some reason, I have the sniffles over the summer. Don't ask me how. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I know a lot of people have. It's weird. I don't want to talk about it, honestly. It's <laughs> where we skipped spring. There was no spring in Tennessee this year. We went straight from winter to summer. Yeah. <laughs> but stay away from the sniffles, friends. It's, uh, it's also still Caps year as they're up 2-1 against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And we will be back on Thursday. This is Stuck in the Middle.